Hey guys, welcome back to Twisted Times. On this episode, we sit down with Philadelphia-based printmaker Miriam Pugh. But us particularly, yeah, we've been featured on Queen Sugar, which I is like fresh in my head because they just dropped a new season and I just watched it the other day. <laughs> <laughs> um, like a couple times, I think like three of our shirts were on that. Brian, are you there? Listening to Twisted Times, a weekly podcast with Cece and Ryan. Can you believe it's March? Can you believe it's March? Cece, I can't believe it's March. Cannot. I like it's almost the anniversary of our our last like major trip. I mean, I just want to know, though, like we talked about this with Miriam. Um, it doesn't make it into the edit, but I do find it to be funny that we like really find it important to tell everybody when the last time we had a reunion was. <laughs> Listen, I feel like it's important. I feel like, I don't know, like my my acting teacher always said that like whatever you spend New Year's Eve doing, you spend the rest of the year doing, right? So I kind of found like quarantine to be like our real true New Year's Eve. Ooh. You know what I mean? Because like we literally had to truly shift and like take everything away and really start like within. Like everyone like reaches for different things things with resolutions. But now that we're left with like nothing, like we had to reevaluate everything. So I guess yeah, it just it just very much felt like Yeah, I had to reeval reevaluate everything. And um one thing I really reevaluated was my wardrobe. And I reevaluated my shoes. I looked at all of my shoes. Chincia built me a closet and it's beautiful. It's upstairs. I'm in it right now because it's my, it's my closet and my office. <laughs> Basically it's my room. Um, and I'm like looking, I take all my shoes out and I'm putting all my shoes away. And I FaceTimed with my sister and she's like, when are you ever going to wear those? And I have like all of these heels and I'm like, never, ever again, ever. I like can't even see the day where I'm going to wear a heel on my foot. And so I would like everybody like, please let's do a poll right now. DM us and tell us what you prefer heels right. or flats for the rest of life. I'm pretty sure sneakers exactly. are just the way. And I'm having this major discrepancy. Can I raise another question to you please. in the audience? Yes. Do you find it a little bit stiff of current workspaces to like deny employees wearing sneakers in the workplace? Is that happening? That's happening. You know how like messed up it is that I don't know about this? This is like me not working in like a business like that I would understand. Because, First of all, if Kamala Harris can wear sneakers, I'm pretty sure everybody can. Everybody can. And I mean, especially for living in environments or working in environments where we have to like be on our feet all day and run back and fucking forth. Who wants to be in a kitten heel shoe? Okay. Also, like who invented the kitten heel? I'm sorry. You like sliding like a, a fucking bat out of hell down the hallway. <laughs> like what? The heel the wrong can way. you explain to me what the point of the kitten heel was? Like, I just want to understand what the point of it was. Like, just, just so you have a little bit of height, like a little bit of height. Just, you're just you're just like you go from here to like this you're like 
And I'm a woman. <laughs> <laughs> and let me take this hallway really fast. Woo! It's back, by the way, to the kitten heel, which I don't, I no comprende. I actually would prefer a sky high, like dope platform toe, like basically all my shoes from when I was 22. I prefer <laughs> a shoe like that than a little kitten. No, I can't do the kitten heel. I mean, my heart goes out to all the tall people out there that are just trying to like put on a heel, but <laughs> yeah, exactly. I agree. And I think it's cool if you can put on like a great pair of like sneakers and like a blazer and a fun pair of pants and then like a fun t-shirt. You can look business fucking professional. Yeah, you can. But I wanted to also like just make, I mean, we also have to talk more about clothes in a second because of our lovely guests that we have coming on. But I just wanted to um, give a shout out to our listeners because I, I'm so interested in our listeners, especially like in season two, I really like, we know you're there. We know you're listening and we want to know who you are. Not actually, yeah. but I feel like I want to get to know our listeners a little better. And I don't know, like we would love feedback on the show. I think that it's super important as podcasters to yeah. get some sort of understanding of like what you guys are liking that we're doing and what you'd love to see more of. Like, from guests, you know, we've got all different types of people coming on the show. We've got really exciting guests coming up, but like, we would just love to hear more from you guys. We also have a newsletter that goes out with every guest now. And so if you have not been getting the newsletter and you want to get the newsletter, once again, shoot us a DM, go on our website. Our emails are on there. You guys can reach out to us that way. We just really want to continue to engage with our listeners. And so, yeah. We want to get to know you. Is there anything you'd like to add to that, Ryan? Um, No, like I just would also like Cece love to get to know you guys. I think that because you listen to us, you're kind of like, you're unique and you, you skip to the beat of your own drum and we like people like you. Come hang out in the corner with us while everyone else talks on the floor. We do. And how about this? Maybe um, for those of you that if you have a question or if there is something, one of the things that I think that Ryan and I do a lot of on the show, which I think is kind of funny. It, well, maybe it's funny. I don't really know. I find like in the beginning of this, like we have a way of venting about our days and about shit that we're going through. And tis like the name of this podcast, Twisted Times. We would love to hear from you. And if you guys want to vent about anything, we would love to hear what your vent is. So leave your twisted times vent sesh. You can leave it in our voicemail. We have a voice message in like on the episode. You can see there's a voice message and we can post about this too on our social media, but leave us a voice note and you don't even have to give us your name. Just vent. It could be about anything. It could be like how we just talked about shoes and heels, like whatever is on your mind, vent about it. And then we can bring it onto the show and we can chat about it with ourselves and our guests. It'd be fun. Maybe you're not alone. You are not alone. We are here with you. CCN Ryan. Free Willy. (laughs) That's all I can contribute. Oh, by the way, we both have mics now too. Official mics. So fucking phallic, but it also reminds me of my first rocket I built in like eighth grade. But can we talk about how I have a blue mic? 
And you have a blue mic. I have a blue mic too. It's a little baby blue. Well, it's a baby boo mic. A baby boo mic. A baby, ivory. A, baby, a baby boo blue. A baby boo boo blue. Um, not to like digress, which I'm stealing your word here. And I'm not even sure if we should put this in this episode or this can be its own separate like thing. Maybe we just like post because I just think it would be really important to do. Can we just talk about the Golden Globes for a hot second before we get into Miriam's bio? I just really feel like it's super important to touch on this. Did you watch it? I jumped. Like I actually, I actually skipped after Catherine, Catherine O'Hara won um, for okay. Liz Curie. I like dipped out and watched American Idol. Oh, <laughs> The thing I think I took away most from it is the fact that they will still have an award ceremony in a pandemic and people will still dress the fuck up in their house in a gown. I would have been Jodie Foster on that show. You wouldn't have got my ass in a dress and heels. Listen, you would have been Jodie Foster. I would have been Regina King because every moment about her in the pre-show, I don't know if you saw her. Oh my God. In the pre-show. So she's standing there in this like amazing gown. And I just like love her. She's the best. And she's standing there in this beautiful gown. And I don't know where she is. Like, Lord knows where these guys are, but maybe she's in a hotel. Like that's where I thought she was at first, but then I noticed this dog, like something. No, did you see her dog walked in and then like just got all cozy behind her in its bed. And I'm like, (laughs) good, good for you, dog. Like get that airtime, you know, like it was so cute. And I, cause we have three dogs. So I, I was just like, that is amazing. And she didn't even like, she's like, by the way, like your dog's behind you. And she's like, ah, like doesn't <laughs> even, she's like, that's my dog. <laughs> I just hope, I just wanted to see my girl from Who? I May Destroy You. I was hoping she would have gotten nominated. I love that show. Oh, I mean, you get, I can't even, obviously, neither can apparently anybody that's involved in the award show get into anything about the actual nominees. I mean, it's a whole, the whole thing is ridiculous, but it like so much needs to change. It's not even funny, but. um, Thank you for giving us Jane Fonda. There was, there was, you know, there was parts of the show that I, I, I like, but I'll be honest, my favorite part of any award show ever is just the red carpet because once again, it all comes back to close and just watching what people are wearing. And speaking of which. Man, oh man, I love to wear this, this incredible ladies clothes. This, um, Miss um, Miriam Pugh from Philadelphia Printworks. Like, how did you come across Philadelphia Printworks? Like what put her on the map for you? So I actually was like really heavy into like James Baldwin and I'm always looking for like cool, like shirts or like t-shirts or like just like anything. Mm. So I had done like a Google search and I was like black owned business, James Baldwin sweatshirt. So this had to be like three years ago, four years ago, I got this sweatshirt and um, Philadelphia Printworks like came up and I like saw this sweatshirt and I was like, oh my God, I have to have this sweatshirt. But because I'm like super like, I have to think things over super hard before I do anything. It took me like a week before I could order it. So I just started going to different websites and I would like see stuff, but nothing was like hitting. So I ended up going to Philadelphia Printworks, getting the sweatshirt and loving it. Um, And then I just got really invested in the company because I just started to see all these incredibly unique pieces of like black history on this website like Mm -hmm. I was seeing names that that 
you would only really truly see in like history books, but sometimes not even the ones in your schools. It's like the ones that as black kids you get inside of your homes. So it was really special to see this, this like your grandma's stories and your grandfather's stories like living on like a sweatshirt or a t-shirt or a cool like hemp bag on your shoulder. It was just very cool. So I just kept stalking Miriam and her life from that point on. Like I went beyond Philadelphia Print Works and then like started actually following the human behind it. And I just found her to be just super insightful and grounded and just very, very passionate about her business. And she just kind of let her business speak for itself. And it's just growing, which I think is great. And I saw the website like selling out over the summer. So I'm really happy that the community is supporting her business as well. She's just, she's just a dope, she's a dope queen. Yes. So um, Miriam Pugh is a printmaker based in Philadelphia. She is the owner and CEO of the social justice apparel brand and screen printing workshop, Philadelphia Printworks. She is a board member of the Teresa Arts Collective, which is a studio gallery and nonprofit dedicated to supporting women, women including queer, trans, femme, and non-binary artists of color in the greater Philadelphia area. She is a Made in the Future mentor, a career building fellowship of aspiring underrepresented designers. Through her work, she strives to amplify marginalized voices and empower communities of color. And we are so damn excited to amplify her voice today. Miriam, welcome to the show. Um, we love to kick off the show and ask our guest, what are you drinking? So, Miriam, what are you drinking in your lovely bright yellow smiley face cup? <laughs> it matches the wall. Oh, uh, yeah. What does it say? Actually, um, artists need launch money. I, uh, love. <laughs> <laughs> I forget the name of the um, artist that makes these, but I can share it with you later and you can put it in the you know comments or something. Awesome. Perfect. But yeah. Yeah, so I had planned to be drink, drinking Jack Daniels, but that didn't work out. So instead, I'm drinking just some hot black tea. That's good. I'm drinking tea also, and I normally will drink like wine or something, but I, it's so cold and snowy. I'm up in Canada, and so I'm like, oh wow, just feeling a nice tea right now. So I'm there with you. Well, I'm I am very, you know, I'm. I'm basic with an edge today. I've got my seltzer. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> so healthy. It's my little, uh, another passion fruit, Le Croix mm-hmm. uh, seltzer. So that's what I'm having. So right. we've all got our drinks. Let's cheers to Miriam coming on the show. Cheers, Miriam. <laughs> cheers. Cheers. I'm just very curious. How did you find your way into printmaking? Print, like, printing accessories and apparel yeah it was definitely not a straight path or a traditional path I guess you could say Um, I started out actually going to school for computer science and I worked in the technology field for 10 years before deciding that I needed to make a switch a career change Um, I actually started Philadelphia Printworks 10 years ago so I did both simultaneously for a while and I just kind of like had it as a side hustle Um, And then three years ago, I decided I wanted to do a full time. And I was really just looking for something that one, could I could be a little bit more creative with. um, And that two, I felt like I could have impact with my community. 
And I also wanted to be, I've always wanted to own my own business. Like <laughs> I was always like brainstorming all these different ideas, you know, different business ideas. And I guess I just kind of settled in on t-shirts at some point because I felt like as a business, they're relatively low risk and low entry costs, you know, like it's something that you can DIY the, the setup, you know, which is what we did in the beginning and then go from there. And just every year, I just wanted to do better than the year before, you know? So yeah. three years ago, like I said, I made the switch over and I was actually able to use a lot of what I learned because I worked at a project management software company. So I took all of that knowledge and put it directly into my business. And it really helps me with like our day to day automating, you know, a lot of stuff and just a lot of the work that has to get done. Because of COVID, I'm sure like going into this, you were probably like not anticipating I'm sure obviously a lot of small businesses and even bigger businesses weren't anticipating this happening. And I'm just curious because I noticed you guys also do events and things like that. I know you've done panel work and stuff like what, how has that, how has COVID affected your business and what have you kind of done to sort of pivot it or what, what have you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Definitely trying to like have community outreach uh, in that way before was something that we spent a lot of time doing. Um, We used to have a monthly misprint sale where we would sell, you know, whatever shirts that weren't perfect, you know, for like $5 or something, just so that we could have people come into our space, you know, so we could talk to them so we could like see the people that were a part of our community. And those Mm -hmm. types of things, once COVID hit, you know, it really just shut everything down. And so like most small businesses, we had to pivot. But fortunately, we were in a position um, that I feel like was we had already had a head start maybe in some way because so much of our business was online already. Uh, So really we weren't, we don't have a retail location. So when people came to our business, they were coming to our print shop. And so once COVID came along, we just kind of had to shut down any outside visitors, you know, unfortunately. Um, And then just push, put all our efforts into our online um, store. Another change that we had to make was definitely like keeping, making sure that, our team members could work safely. So I think for us, that's probably what impacted us the most. Um, Mm -hmm. And what that meant was like increasing, you know, square footage just so that there's no way that they're ever gonna be, you know, (laughs) maybe even 10 feet close to each other, um, just to make sure that everybody's safe, you know? Um, We ended up expanding. So we do um, our print shop where we do our screen printing and manufacturing, but we also do fulfillment. So we separated our fulfillment center from our print shop and just got a whole second space just so we could spread everybody out. Could you tell me, sorry, this is like me not understanding the business totally, Mm -hmm. but like when you say fulfillment, is that just like where you're taking in orders basically? Yeah, so fulfillment basically means like once you get a product that you're selling online, you receive that product, you stock that product, and then you fulfill orders from online stores. So in our case, you would take it, you would pick the item off of the shelves, and then prepare it for packaging and then shipment. And not only do we do our own fulfillment for our online store, but we also have 10 other stores that we do online fulfillment for. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> we're a small but mighty team <laughs> good for you yeah, I, guess you could say. I mean they're all small businesses as well but yeah. they're mostly um, POC businesses or mm-hmm. they're grassroots organizations whose main focus is not selling merchandise you right. know it's about organizing and, and focusing on their message and mobilizing people so we're really excited to be able to kind of step in and fill that that hole for them so we have to we have to talk about the products. We have to talk about the apparel. 
Okay. Because I feel like, I don't know, like there's something, there's a, there's a lot of really unique apparel businesses right now, especially like depicting black culture, but there's something about Philadelphia Printworks that just kind of stands in a place all of its own. Like when I see your products, I feel like I'm wearing something that is going to become a part of Black history. Well, it is part of Black history right now, but it's just, it's just, it, it's, it's so beautifully unique and tailored to just so many different voices that otherwise we wouldn't have known existed. How we not come to your shop and just seen a name like Shirley Chisholm. And I'm curious, who's that? I love this dope t-shirt. Let's, who is this woman? And you get all of this information. So I got to know, Miriam, how are you curating all of this art on this apparel, like month after month? Like, how are you doing this? <sighs> Just the thought of it <laughs> makes me tired. Because <laughs> we're actually like <laughs> developing new collections right now, you know, and new partnerships for this year, which I'm really excited about. But um, I think that the way that I remain sane is by not allowing myself to get caught up in cycles that are prescribed to me by the outside, you know, and just kind of like moving at a pace that feels healthy for us and our team. So that's always been something that I've always tried to be careful not to like grow too quickly, you know, or like mm -hmm. be presented with an opportunity before we were ready to like, you know, have that opportunity. And I'm getting a little sidetracked, but that's kind of what happened with, you know, the George Floyd protests. Like we ended up just getting like hammered with orders. Um, so despite the pandemic where we were very uncertain about what was going to happen when George Floyd happened, then it was like, it was just crazy. It was like a tsunami, you know? Mm. Um, and getting back to like what I choose, I would say that I'm still, after 10 years of doing this, <laughs> still kind of like <laughs> figuring out the best way to go about that. Some years we're just adding new stuff to our market. You know, we're seeing stuff that other creators are making and we're saying, hey, we really love that. Would you uh, love to, you know, would you mind being a part of our market? And then we give them, you know, 50% of the proceeds and we manufacture and fulfill and take care of all that stuff. Um, whereas other years we might just introduce some of our flagship designs, which have become our staples in new colorways, you know? And then other years we might introduce new collaborations all together. So it really just depends on the way the wind is blowing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Although I am trying to get more strategic about it, you know. The designs really vary and it depends on, you know, what organization you're working with, kind of to dissect it a little bit, how that works from a creative standpoint. Like I noticed, like just to pull one example, but I'm like, I love yoga and wellness. Um, oh, and nice. I love your, um, I think it's called Embodied Yogis. Mm -hmm. um, so that shirt and it, like to promote wellness and health. Mm -hmm. And I think that was wonderful. And I love just the way the shirt looks and like what that collaboration looks like, I guess, from a design standpoint and how it all comes together. Sure. Um, so basically, I would say at this point now, it's more of a it's more of a refined process, but still, in some ways, I'm still like shooting from the hip. <laughs> um, so like before it would take, we would have basically a two month development cycle. So I would try to give myself two months to introduce a new product, you know, but that sometimes works when it's a small collection, the size of the collection, and there's so many different variables that kind of like factor into to mm -hmm. that type of thing. So that I started to realize that if I wanted something that was more fully fleshed out and thoughtful and intentional, I needed to give myself more time instead of like running around like a chicken with my head cut off. So we've moved more so to four month cycles. And when we 
hit the beginning of the year, we already have our collaborations for that year mapped out. So at this point, I already know what we're going to be releasing in May, June, you know, July, and so on. In terms of working with a, you know, strategic partner or collaboration, um, for example, we worked with the National Bailout on a Mama's Bailout AT. And really that just comes down to if our missions align. So that's like the first point of overlap. Like if somebody, if we approach somebody or if they approach us or it happens organically, I first take a look at our missions to see how aligned they are. And if it seems like something that is gonna be authentic to the PPW community, um, because I think that that's really important. You don't wanna lose the trust of the community, right? Mm. Um, and then second from there, we just start to develop the mission of the collection and the collaboration. So for National Bailout, for example, we looked at, they specifically wanted to create something for their annual Mama's Bailout Day. You know, they wanted something that they could use to celebrate the, the mamas, you know, um, and also their organizers. So from there we decided, okay, so knowing this is our mission, how can we best translate that into a t-shirt? Um, and then from there we decide if, you know, the illustrations are something more complicated that may need a specific illustration style or something we can just do in-house. Um, and then from there we design it, pick out colorways, you know, get into the fun mm -hmm. stuff where we get to manufacturing and we get to start seeing some of the actual product. Then we talk about promotion, like what kind of, you know, photography we're going to put around this, uh, what kind of advertising, you know, campaign, and then we launch it and cross our fingers <laughs> and, our toes and see what happens. <laughs> wow. Is there a specific um, product from your years of working with your company, Philadelphia Printworks, that you hold like super close to your heart? I know it's hard to choose like one, but if you could, is there just yeah. one that you just... Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I would say the No Justice, No Peace um, one because it's just one of the ones that's been around from the beginning and it says No Justice, No Peace. Then it has like a panther with lightning bolts coming out of its eyes. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of a sleeper because when I did it, I didn't think like, I wasn't sure how long it was going to live. And it's been on our site for like six years. But again, at the beginning of last year, when everybody was looking for black small owned businesses to support, that was one of the designs that like took off. So I think to your point about like when you come to our site and you see a Chisholm shirt or you see a name that maybe you don't recognize, there's people who are along their journey in different paths, you know, like, and so everyone's always constantly discovering these names, you mm -hmm. know? And I think that that's one of the great things about like putting this information out there. And so I would say that's one of the ones. Um, and then like the Panthers legacy stuff, just because like when we started, we introduced that product I really just wanted to highlight the legacy, you know, and, and also like change the narrative around who they are, were and what they stood for, you know? Yeah. And like, it's really cool to see how society changes and over time things become more acceptable and things that we like had shirts for, like is becoming more like mainstream and people are like, oh yeah, I feel comfortable wearing that now, you know? Right. I saw so you and you guys cool. just like released the, uh, the Angela Davis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is, that yeah. is, guys, please go to philadelphiaprintworks.com and check this out. It's <laughs> amazing. But I have to jump into, so you mentioned the design of the No Justice, No Peace with the Panther. Mm -hmm. And word on the street is 
you just collaborated with Vans and just put Black Panthers all over <laughs> shoes and t-shirts. <laughs> Skater kids are about to be walking around with Black Panthers on their feet. This is and everybody is and lightning bolts. Everyone is going to be in these shoes. How did this relationship with Vans develop? How did how did this collaboration start? This is so that's dope. So funny. Oh, thank you so much. And that's so funny you say that because sometimes you do stuff, but you're so deep in it, you don't realize that it might seem like, you know, like Black Panthers all over everything. You're just like, oh, that's just what we live with every day. It's not a big deal. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, but you're right. Like that is really cool. And I didn't even think about it in that way. Um, but the Vans collaboration came about because they were specifically doing an initiative called Flip the Bill, where they were trying to help small businesses um, weather the storm through this pandemic. And so uh, I don't, I'm not really sure how we got on the radar. I think one of the people, you know, in their corporation, like, must have heard of us and knew of us and put our name out there at one of their, their meetings. And so they reached out to us and asked if we wanted to be a part of the program. And if we were like, yeah, if not even just to get some clap, some like limited edition vans for ourselves. <laughs> 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 that was my goal. I was like, if I could just get a pair of vans, I'll be happy, you know, because <laughs> I, I don't know what this is going to do, you know. Oh, it's so cool. Oh, yeah, it's pretty exciting. And I love the way that like the person who ended up designing those is um, Dante Neal. I love how it's still it's something fresh on an old product, but it, and mm -hmm. it still ties into some of our old products. So you could have the sneakers, but also have one of the existing t-shirts, you know, and like mix and match and stuff like that. So I think that's pretty cool. It's, it's so dope. I Thank love you. it. I, um, I saw recently that you had posted on your social media about, um, it was an article about um, representation in TV and film um, with costume designers. And I was just so like intrigued by that. I guess, you know, me and Ryan were both actors and I, I'm, I'm not sure, I'm just wondering, has any of your work been featured in TV and film? Yeah, yeah. I'd say a good amount. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like compared to what I was hearing, like from after reading that article, um, I think it was for In Style. Yeah, I posted it on my social media. But after reading that article, I realized how rare it is, but also not surprised, you know, because I just don't think there's a lot of opportunity um, for a lot of Black and Brown businesses to be featured. And when it does happen, it's because someone is being intentional about making sure they're included. So that mm -hmm. was really what that article was about. Um, a designer named Charlize Antoinette is actually a costume designer. And she started a database for black and brown owned um, companies. So that a designer database, and I think it's called the black designer database, I want to say. And um, that way, films and TV shows can source this stuff, you know, directly, like from a source. So it can't say that they can't find these things because they are there. You know, right. <laughs> here's, of course. here's the information. But us particularly, yeah, we've been featured on Queen Sugar, which I is like fresh in my head because they just dropped a new season and I just watched it the other day. <laughs> um, like a couple of times, I think like three of our shirts were on that. Um, one of the directors, Demaine Davis, she has just been really supportive of us. Um, mm -hmm. She actually was wearing some of our stuff behind the scenes as I was watching the show. And I like saw it, took a screenshot, tweeted about it. I was like, oh my God. And I added <laughs> her and she was like, watch this. And, you know, she went ahead and like got our stuff on the show. So that was really cool. Um, we've been on The Boys, which is a show on Amazon Prime. Mm -hmm. um, our legacy shirt was shown on there. 
Um, we've been uh, actually this new sh- uh, movie, Judas and the Messiah. Um, yeah. that just yeah, came yeah. out. Yeah. yeah, I heard that one of our patches was on there. I haven't wa- brought myself to watch it yet because I know it's gonna be amazing, but I also am not ready for that like pain right now. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. Um. So I haven't watched it, but I do know for sure that the cast. Um, Charlize was the same costume designer for that show, and she made sure that the cast got um, our legacy shirts for that too. So our show's been on that. Um, there was a show called Black Lightning on the CW. I don't know if that's still around, but we were featured on that show. Yeah, we've been around. Yeah. So what what inspires you? What people in history have inspired you? What makes Miriam go, yes, this collaboration is... I feel like there has to be a piece, there's a piece of you in everything you choose. That's true. That's true. So what, who, who helped you tell these stories? Mm, you mean like historical figures? Historical figures. Yeah. yeah whoever inspires me. Yeah. Whoever yeah. inspires you. There are certain names that if someone says like, they're like keywords, you know, and if someone says these names, I'm just going to be like, yes, we're <laughs> doing it. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> um, and some of those people are already kind of like, you know, featured on our site. So like James Baldwin, of course, you know, yes. um, just like I'm a huge fan of Zora Neale Hurston. I'm like reading her stuff right now. I have like a tattoo, you know, like so she's major in my life. Audre Lorde, you know, many, many of the black feminist thinkers, you know, leading feminist thinkers, the entire Combahee Collective. Um, just anybody who is doing work to heal themselves and to heal others around them you know um I would say there's people that inspire me that we don't necessarily do a shirt for you know but like there's a ton of people like current people who are like that uh I guess some of my favorite authors would be Alice Walker like since day one (laughs) I've been a like huge Alice Walker fan um one of my favorite authors is also Michelle Alexander who wrote um the new Jim Crow which like it just blew my mind. You know, there's certain things and certain moments, you know, where the lights go off and you're just like looking at the world in a whole new lens. And people, authors who can like articulate these things in such a way that's like down to earth and just like resonates with you. I just think there's a certain magic to that, you know? So definitely them. Um, I did like think about some of the like books and TV shows and stuff I'm watching, kind of like on a lighter note. <laughs> you wanted to talk about that. I can, I can talk about TV for days since that's really all I can do here. What are you What are you watching, Miriam? Yeah, so I'm watching WandaVision. I'm watching oh. This Is Us. Oh. I'm watching Servant. <laughs> I would say these are like the top three things that I like look for the latest show for all the time. So oh would you, God. are you, do you find yourself more like on Netflix? Are you more of a prime chick? Are you like uh, Hulu? I'm all of them. <laughs> wherever, wherever they are, that's where I'll go. <laughs> and I use the excuse that, you know, hey, we're in a pandemic. We have a lot of time to be at home to validate my having so many multiple streaming platforms, but really there is an excuse. <laughs> I find like, it I, is not I, okay. <laughs> It's I, I I do the same thing a little bit there with like making up excuses about the pandemic, but I do think there's some really like amazing stuff coming out. I think it's such a great medium. It's a visual medium, and you know there's just a real a lot of 
new voices coming up and it's it's fun to watch so I I just finished Bridgerton I just like binged watch but like Shondaland she just basically never does anything wrong I don't think she's really good but it was so amazing it was like it was kind of like crack I was like why (laughs) am I watching this I I was like am I too old to watch this show but I just no it it was was good good. it was addictive it was you had to binge it there was no way it was so good I, I watched it the same way. I know. Oh, you saw it too? Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I mean, Ryan's seen it. No, I, I binged the whole show. I saw it. Like, oh, you a, did? Like a month okay. ago. Yeah, like okay. January. I like, did that like a day. When I, I know it's the most watched show on Netflix, but when I, when I watched it, I feel like I was telling people I was watching the show and nobody was watching it or everybody was secretly watching it and pretending like they weren't. <laughs> Yeah, I felt guilty watching it. I was like, ah, I know this isn't good for me, but I can't look away. It was just too, too good, too scandalous. I had to see what was going to happen. As an entrepreneur, um, like kind of what advice maybe that you find yourself giving other young women specifically? Because I think for women, it's it's a you know it's always nice to see another powerhouse woman um, killing it. So I'm curious what piece of advice you find yourself giving or that you would like to give women that are looking to whether that's start their own business or just think about starting their own business. Yeah, uh, go for it. <laughs> do it. What are you waiting for? Stop. <laughs> Stop what you're doing now and do it. <laughs> like I am one of the hugest like advocates for people owning their own businesses. And I don't mean that like in a way that you're supposed to make the next Fortune 500 company because I think there's a place for small business, you know. And I think that there's just something so empowering about being able to kind of plan your day and also having security in a way, um, which seems counterintuitive to the idea that you're stepping out on a very scary limb, you know. Um, But once you find your your footing um, and kind of establish a solid framework, then you will be able to build on that. Yes, it's a lot of work (laughs) owning a small business. And it's, you know, probably more work on anything that I've ever done. But there's nothing more valuable than being able to say, I love what I do, you know, and I'm passionate about what I do. And I'm building something that no one can take away from me, you know. I worked in the software field for 10 years. And it was really hard to leave because it was a really good paycheck. (laughs) Mm, And I had and I have a daughter, you know, um, and so I had to be very careful about making that move. And I definitely used it to fund my own side job. But after being in that uh, job for 10 years, I saw them firing people who had been there 20 years. And I never I realized that I didn't want to be in a place where I had a false sense of security, you know. And so I think I feel like there's something very empowering about having your own business, even if it's something small, like there's there's a spectrum and there's a scale and we're all different and we're all unique and people need to hear your voice. You know, they need to hear what you think. And that's how you'll find what you're special at and what your niche is. And then you just stay authentic in that lane. So they say that we culturally right now, which I'm pretty excited about, and I know that Chinsia, CC's partner, is super excited about. They say that we as a community, the Black community, is going through a renaissance. Mm. In our last renaissance, we had Baldwin and Lorraine Hansberry and and, mm-hmm. and Lynx and Hugh. We just had all of the greats. I'm getting goosebumps. Oh my God. As I say <laughs> their name. <laughs> 
But I'm wondering what story are you putting in this renaissance? What story is Black Printworks leaving in this renaissance? That's a great question. And I often think about uh, the historical context of the moment that we're in now. You know, like I think about what people are going to say 100 years from now, whether that's politics or what's <laughs> happening with the Black community or anything, and how we're not as, I think, far ahead as we think we are. Because I feel like a lot of the stuff that happened in the past, like, it's still happening now. You know, it just looks different, you know. Um, but for me personally, I would like, you know, to leave the, the imprint or the legacy that there were many people involved in making the community, you know, and some people are worker bees, you know, and some people are like, you know, leading in the face of these different movements. But if I could just have a little footnote saying that I was like printing stuff and like doing the work in the, in the background and in some way kind of like making a uniform for the movement and, and so that people could recognize and see each other and feel a sense of solidarity then I feel like I'll have done my part. Yeah, that's what I'm here for. A uniform for the movement. <laughs> I love that. It's like the black leather jacket. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it was Thank such you. an amazing discovery to come across Philadelphia Yay. Printworks on Instagram. Well, well, Miriam, thank you so much for coming on the show. And it's been a pleasure talking to you. Yeah, thank you for having me. I could talk about this stuff for hours. So I appreciate having the opportunity.